0: The we want Aller chance got to stop. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code LOCKED. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, Tuesday's edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. We are going to go through some Penn State football news and notes, continue to recap Central Michigan and some other observations that I've been able to settle on And we'll look at the Big Ten since Penn State is getting ready to get back into Big Ten football with Northwestern this Saturday. It is a 3.30 kickoff, but then you have the bye week and you have Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State all consecutively. It is going to be tough sledding for Penn State when they get to that point. Penn State football is 11th in the AP Top 25 and 12th in the coaches poll in case you missed it. This is about where I thought Penn State should have been ranked last week. The rankings look like this in the AP. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, USC, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, NC State, Penn State. And I personally would rank Penn State higher than NC State. Uh, NC State had that close game against East Carolina that they honestly should have lost. So I would put the Nittany Lions above them for that reason. Uh, And then... Everyone else seems to be fairly where they need to. I don't think Kentucky and Tennessee are top 10, but that's just me. But they've, they haven't they have done anything wrong yet to this point. Uh, in the coaches poll, Ole Miss is ranked above Penn State at that 11 spot. And uh, frankly, the same thing. I, they've had some considerably close games. I would not put the Nittany Lions below Ole Miss or NC State. Uh, everybody else, I think, is fair for the moment just because they haven't had those those bad games. Penn State opens as a 22-point favorite against Northwestern, but that line has now shifted to 25-and-a-half, and and I think that this could be a four-touchdown game. The Wildcats, and we will preview them as the week rolls along, are a very bad football team, I must say. Uh, They have back-to-back losses now to a MAC team in Miami of Ohio and an FCS team in Southern Illinois, and both of these games were at home. It seems that Northwestern did not handle its loss to Duke very well, a game that they probably felt they should have won. They had some inconvenient turnovers, I would say, that at least would have helped them be in position to tie the game. So Penn State gets another favorable matchup here against a team that just doesn't have the same assets as everybody else in the Big Ten. Running back Katron Allen was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week. That is the third consecutive week that a Penn State freshman has been named. Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Accordingly, you had Nicholas Singleton do it back-to-back weeks, and it's consistent. It's been the running backs for Penn State that got a lot of time, but eventually we could see Abdul Carter pick up this recognition, for example, or maybe a deny Dennis Sutton. With the way that Penn State plays these freshmen, you're going to see Penn State take this nomination and recognition more often than not throughout the season. Uh, Catron Allen finishing with 13 carries, 113 rushing yards, and the one touchdown that's good for an average of 8.5. And it's just going to be which running back is having that kind of day. The past two weeks against Ohio and Auburn, it was the Nicholas Singleton show. This week, it was the Catron Allen show. When we get into our second segment, I am going to talk a little bit more about Singleton's performance against Central Michigan and why it's important to further understand his game and what type of running back he is. Penn State could be in the Rose Bowl, maybe. Brett McMurphy of Action Network has Penn State and USC in the Rose Bowl, which means a few things. Well, that's great. I would love to see Penn State back in Pasadena and to... Play another game against USC where maybe they could get revenge. Uh, If you don't remember the one a few years back from that very talented 2016 team, the Saquon Barkley run, the big Mike Kosicki touchdown, Um, Chris Godwin had an amazing day receiving, but they still lost by three to a Sam Darnold led USC team. A lot of points in that game. Who knows what it would be like if they were to hypothetically face each other. I would be excited for the matchup, but there's a few things that this means based on what Brett McMurphy has. Number one, Penn State wins the Big Ten Championship. All right. Penn State hasn't seen a Big Ten Championship since 2016. So it would be 2016 all over again, but with different players under James Franklin. Uh, So they go up against a West opponent. I anticipate Minnesota. That is my prediction. I think Minnesota is really good to win the Big Ten West this year, uh, especially after the way that Wisconsin has performed. They've lost to Washington State. They were embarrassed by an Ohio State. I don't know that Wisconsin has enough to get out of the West, but that is besides the point. So you're anticipating that Penn State wins the Big Ten championship. The next alternative, alternative is Penn State wins the Big Ten East. They can get to the Big Ten Championship, and if for some ever reason, Minnesota was ranked in the top four, I don't think this happens for the Golden Gophers, but that would be the case if they were to get into the college football playoff, hypothetically, uh, and Penn State would win the Big Ten East but lose the Big Ten Championship, and so they would be the next team in if that were. Very unlikely, but uh, an odd possibility. The third one which is I think is what Brett McMurphy is referring to, Ohio State and Michigan make the college football playoff. Only one of them can win the Big 10 East and I think this I could go on a completely different rant about the Big 10 conference as a whole because they need to do away with divisions. The West sucks. It really does. That con- that side of the conference is so bad. They need to get rid of the divisions, the way that they have it set up right now, the East and the West. And I think that is going to change with USC and UCLA getting into the fold in 2024 when the Big Ten expands. But you're missing out on some really good Big Ten championship games that could have been when you have to bring in the likes of Nebraska and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Northwestern and all these teams that just really aren't that good, they wouldn't even be the fourth best team on the east side of the Big Ten. And that's just a fact of the matter. I don't know what it is per se. I mean, these schools on the east are just, in fact, bigger, even though they are geographically split up. But right now, Ohio State is third in the country and Michigan is fourth. So, therefore, if one of them were to make the Big Ten championship, they would still and probably win, they would make the college football playoff. And I imagine that the team that doesn't would still have some security in that college football ranking despite not having it. So, Brett McMurphy is anticipating that one of those two teams uh, wins the Big Ten championship And then the other one sneaks in as the fourth seed in the college football playoff. We've seen how many times two SEC teams make it into the college football playoff. So it is not out of the realm of possibilities. And that is how Penn State would go to the Rose Bowl because those two teams wouldn't play in a Rose Bowl. They would play in the college football playoff, the top four. And Penn State would be the third best team in the Big Ten as a whole, despite not winning the East Division and despite not winning the Big Ten Championship. So, getting back to the granddaddy of them all would not be a bad finish, I must say, for Penn State. If that is the case, college football playoff is, of course, ideal. But Penn State's going to have to go at least eleven and one. They got to win at least Ohio State and or Michigan. You would want them to go twelve and zero, of course. But if one of them's winnable, one of them's not, and then you win some tiebreakers and get to the Big Ten championship, so that's what would need to happen for the Nittany Lions. But I think those are pretty lofty expectations here Uh, and some due respect for this Penn State team to to get back to the Rose Bowl and not a, a, a medial bowl, for example. And let's finish our first segment by looking back at Sean Clifford's performance against Central Michigan. 217 passing yards, three touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and no turnovers, most importantly. This brings me to the point of Now, I'm in the press box, so I can't exactly hear it, but going through... I have a Twitter account. I I can read articles online. There were a lot of We Want Aller chants coming from the student section. And if you're Sean Clifford, I mean, that's just... I I know how mentally tough he is. I know the confidence he has. But, man, you got to feel for the guy that is doing his job, that I said should be a dark horse Heisman candidate at this point, and you have part of the fan base shouting jeers at you, saying, we want the 18-year-old quarterback, you're not cutting it. What is not to cut with 890 passing yards, 8 passing touchdowns to 1 interception, and 148.9 passer rating, a 65.2 quarterback rating, and then four rushing touchdowns to go along with that. Sean Clifford's not having a bad season by any means. Completion percentage around 65%. His performance has not warranted Drew Aller coming into and taking over the starting job. There's no quarterback competition. I've advocated for Drew Aller to get more playing time because I don't think Sean Clifford has to do any more to prove himself. And it's invaluable experience for a guy that is in a no-pressure situation when you play against a Central Michigan or an Ohio. you—that That is how you develop players. But Sean Clifford has done everything right. He's taken the big hits. He's led them to two Power Five road wins. And the student section has the audacity to chant, we want Aller. I don't feel bad for Sean Clifford in the sense that he doesn't feel bad. He probably doesn't hear that. He probably blocks out the noise. But if he did hear it, if he did see it, He's probably like, you know, whatever. I know what I'm doing and the coaching staff believes in me. That's why I'm still here. He's done everything right to this point. Every time Sean Clifford throws an incompletion does not warrant a chant of we want Aller. I guess I'm the old guy in the room. And it's, it's not fun. It's not trendy. But Sean Clifford is the guy for this team. Is Drew Aller more athletic than Sean Clifford? I would think so. I think he can throw a a stronger fastball than him. I think he has a better deep ball than Sean Clifford. But Sean Clifford is the better quarterback right now. And that's just the honest truth. Sean Clifford in year six is better than Drew Aller in year one. If you want to compare them and say that Drew Aller will most likely be better than Sean Clifford when he is at year five or year six, you assume that he would be in the pros. But let's compare the two in terms of being at the end of their Penn State careers. I agree that Drew Aller, I think, will be a better talent at the end of his Penn State career than Sean Clifford. But in terms of right now, who is better? It is Sean Clifford and not Drew Aller. But you have to like where the depth chart is if Sean Clifford, for whatever reason, would have to come out of a ball game. You can feel very comfortable that Drew Allers, the backup quarterback, this time around and with Christian Bayer behind him as well and not Taquan Roberson. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning back thanks to Upside. I use Upside at the gas station, it is super easy to use, it is not good to be true. It works. To get started, download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. When we come back, we'll do an extended recap of Central Michigan. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Penn State beats Central Michigan on Saturday, 33-14. to The attention is going to be on Northwestern later on this week. But I I felt it was good to explain a few more performances because we did highlight a lot of good. Penn State had four takeaways. They won by three scores, and you could honestly add nine more points on the board had they converted a PAT, two field goals, and a two point conversion. And then hypothetically, Penn State wins this game 42 to 14. Would that have made everyone else feel a little bit better? I can understand where the concern lies because Central Michigan was down 14 to nothing. Now, why was Central Michigan able to play the way they did on Saturday and Penn State not have as convincing of a win against the Chippewas? Well, Penn State punched first. They went up by those two touchdowns. And I don't think the Nittany Lions were prepared for Central Michigan to punch back. If this is a different story with a Big Ten school. So if a Big Ten opponent were to do that or in Auburn, for example, a a team that Penn State had its best game plan together for, it would have been warranted. But I think Penn State was in cruise control, and then Central Michigan threw a wrench into all of that. And that's just a testament to good coaching on that side of it in respect to a Mac team. Jim McElwain, I think, could be a Power 5 head football coach again. He did it at Florida. He's capable of it, but he's at Central Michigan. And they put a great game plan together. and and they weren't afraid to continue the fight through all four quarters. They really, up until about five minutes when some players were getting injured for Central Michigan, they really did not stop playing hard. But Penn State punched first, and Central Michigan punched back, and I don't think Penn State was expecting that. Central Michigan also picked up the Blitz really well. It was something I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, and you can go check it out. Uh, Monday's edition of the show this week was just a a full recap of the game, statistics, events, key plays, uh, players that were important to highlight. That is in yesterday's show. But going off of what I made, a point I made in the show, was the fact that the Chippewas handled Manny Diaz's Blitzes very well. Penn State would send six, sometimes even seven guys, and those five offensive linemen with maybe the help from Lou Nichols, the running back, did the job that they would need to do and allowed Richardson, the quarterback, to make his reads and to throw it. They got rid of the ball quickly as well, but the blitz just wasn't getting home, and Penn State didn't see any sacks until in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter when you had more opportunities. Central Michigan also defended the big play as best as they could. Penn State did pick up some chunk plays of 25, 30, 35 yards, but they took away those 50, 60, 70 yard plays, which I thought was going to be a huge difference maker because the Chippewas are really bad at that. They are one of the worst schools in the country from last year and going into this year at defending the big play. And what does Penn State and James Franklin emphasize? Winning the turnovers, winning the big play battles. And yes, Penn State still did win the big play battle, but probably not the way they wanted to. And the way that Central Michigan was doing that was they would show Sean Clifford and the offense cover zero, which means that there's going to not be a safety over the top. There is no backhand help. It's most likely man-to-man. They were showing that, but they weren't doing it. They would bail a safety. I swear, from watching that game, you would see the safety come down into the box, show that cover zero look, and then that guy would just turn do a 180 and do a full-on sprint to basically get back and make sure that nothing was going to go over the top. It was good coverage, and it was good scheming. Finally, Central Michigan was able to move the football, and I brought this up in yesterday's show, so please go check it out again the pick plays central Michigan ran a lot of plays where they were picking receivers. They were basically running multiple cross routes. And then as one guy was going left, one guy was going right. One would pick the Penn state defender and that would free up the other central Michigan wide receiver. Because if you felt like central Michigan was getting open all day long, it's because they just kept running that. And, I hope that James Franklin and the coaching staff went to the Big Ten officials and said, hey, we make sure this doesn't happen again. They called it once, and it was down in the red zone because it was absolutely blatant, and it led to what would have been a Central Michigan touchdown. But up and down the field, they were doing it all, all day, and it didn't matter. They only called it once, but it worked. And I guess you can say all is fair and love and war, and... You know, football players are going into some sort of war. It's on a sports field, but Central Michigan got away with a lot of illegal plays. Let's just say that. I named a lot of positive performances for Penn State in the show yesterday, but there were a couple that were just glaring to me and something just surprisingly underwhelming performances. who at left tackle. I don't know if he met his match. Uh, or if that's something he wasn't prepared for. But he struggled a little bit at left tackle. Now, Sean Clifford did not get sacked. There was only one sack in the game, and it was Drew Aller late in the game, and he didn't even go down. Uh, he was able to hold himself up, and the referees blew the play dead. But Olu Fashanu really, if he didn't allow his first pressure against Auburn, he allowed it definitely against Central Michigan. Uh, Thomas Incombe is... Probably the best player on that Central Michigan team, lines up at defensive end, he leads the team in sacks, and frankly, he performed very well. Fashion is one of the better tackles now in the Big Ten, honestly, the country, and I think he's playing his way into an NFL career for himself, but you can't say that he didn't struggle on Saturday against the Central Michigan pass rush. But it didn't lead to any sacks, but... Sean Clifford got hit, he got hurried, and it's why some of those throws were offline. Catron Allen had a big day, but Nicholas Singleton did not. Singleton had an okay game statistically, 12 carries for 42 yards. All right, they have picked up a few first downs. But something that's been glaring with Singleton when he's not hitting the 50-60 yard home run touchdown is he's missing some cutback lanes. He's really good at bouncing it to the outside, but this is where Catron Allen excels. And I, and I love how the conversation has shifted of, oh, it's Nicholas Singleton's backfield and it's everybody else. No, it is a dead even split. Nicholas Singleton is good at the big play. Catron Allen is really good at working in between the tackles and getting you guaranteed short distance. You are not going to be able to hit the home run every single time. You have to get those four, five, six yard plays and be content with it. And Allen is good at getting you guaranteed yardage. Singleton is good at getting the big play. But Singleton is struggling to break tackles. He's good at making people miss. But when a defender gets a hand on him, is able to wrap him up, Singleton hasn't broken out of it. At least he hasn't shown me that yet. And it is such a privilege to be able to criticize just how talented these freshman running backs are. They're freshmen, and look at what they're doing. Over 100 yards in three consecutive weeks now. There's games where it's going to be the Catron Allen show, and that's what everybody found out on Saturday against Central Michigan. There's days where it's going to be the Nicholas Singleton show, and we saw that against Ohio and against Auburn. Even though Catron Allen had two touchdowns against Auburn and had 52 yards on nine carries. Like, it's not like one of them is having a good performance and a bad performance. Sometimes one's just going to have a really good performance and the other one's going to be solid, uh, definitely good, but maybe not the best of the day. So those comparisons to Saquon Barkley... Of Nicholas Singleton. I addressed it last week. You can go back to that show as well in the archives and look at it. Listen to it. You need to stop comparing Nicholas Singleton to Saquon Barkley. Right now, Nicholas Singleton is Nicholas Singleton and Saquon Barkley did a lot of special things when he was a Penn State Nittany Lion. He was that all-purpose back, that true, he's a guy that could run you over, he's a guy that could break it to the outside, had deadly speed, could hit the home run, he could stay in the block, and just right now, Singleton can't do all of those things. Could he at one point, will he be able to at one point in time? Possibly. That's how talented he is. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. But right now, I don't see him trending to be the same Saquon Barkley type of player that, obviously, who are we talking about? Saquon Barkley was. It is just very tough to do. It is very tough to obtain. It's okay for both running backs to be very good and for one to have a better day than the other. The fair comparison right now in terms of the way that they are utilized, and I think that's just going to be over the course of their three-year careers. I don't think they're going to play. They're not going to stay at Penn State longer than that. Journey Brown and Noah Kane were used in the same style. I think this this just might be a J1 Sider type of thing as the running backs coach. It might be a new philosophy that James Franklin picked up, or it's the benefit of having two capable running backs at the same time who are on the same level but are good at different things. Saquon Barkley was a bell cow, and you can leave him on the field for all those snaps, for all those carries, uh, use him out of the backfield in the receiving game. You could do that with Miles Sanders. You didn't have that luxury of having someone who was equivalent to either of them. And now you do. Journey Brown and Noah Kane worked out very well in the 2019 season. Look how successful that running attack was. And now you have that again, but with possibly more talented players. So just think about that. Take that into consideration. But I, I, you shouldn't compare Saquon Barkley and Nicholas Singleton right now. And, and especially with the way that Singleton plays his game, he is a lot different than Saquon Barkley and, and in good ways. I, I know that people want to make those comparisons and have fun with it, and, and, it, and it is neat. But Singleton and Barkley are just on two different lanes from their respective Penn State careers. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. To finish up the show, we will look at the Big Ten opponents, something that Locked On Big Ten does, of course. I will be doing the job of that show on the Locked On Podcast Network next. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I am your host, Zach Seiko. To finish up the show, let's look across the Big Ten. Penn State is going to face some of these opponents later on in the season, and it's important to get an idea of who these opponents are right now and what we can expect from them down the road. Northwestern coming up in just a few days this Saturday at Beaver Stadium. Miami of Ohio beat them 17-14 to this past weekend. I really don't know what else to say about Northwestern. When we get to the full-on preview... I'll be able to give you a better understanding of this Northwestern team. But in back-to-back weeks, they've lost to Southern Illinois out of the FCS. And this was a Southern Illinois team that had zero wins going into that game. Then they lose to a MAC team that lost its starting quarterback for the season in Miami of Ohio, 17-14. They lost to Duke a few weeks back which has set up these lackluster performances but they are 1 in 3 and all those games came at home they were able to beat nebraska out in ireland and and they've lost they've just been very disappointing since number 4 michigan was able to beat maryland 34 to 27 at home maryland had a good showing i'm actually more impressed with maryland than i am michigan Michigan is expected to be at or around the college football playoff conversation, and Maryland went into the big house and took them really down to the wire. Michigan was able to, with the ground game, uh, break away and control the, control the ending of it, but Maryland played a good contest, and it makes me uh, at least consider the Terrapins to be more serious of an opponent when the remainder of the season gets closer. Number 3 Ohio State what can you say about the Buckeyes uh, and and I won't I won't pat them on the back too much just because I I don't want to uh but they are really good they beat Wisconsin in at the Horseshoe 52 to 21 Wisconsin is not that good they have a really good defense but they just they got it wrong with quarterback Graham Mertz He just wasn't the guy. He's a former five-star high school recruit, and he just hasn't turned into the guy they needed him to be. I thought that was going to be a difference maker way back in the day when he committed. I said, oh my goodness, all Wisconsin ever needed was a quarterback. He's not the quarterback that they needed him to be. So Ohio State took advantage of that. They look as talented as ever traditionally, and they will be in or around the college football playoff. Iowa beat Rutgers 27-10. to 10. Uh, What's new? Rutgers losing <laughs> big time in a Big Ten football game. Uh, Iowa able to put up 27 points, actually. That was surprising. I thought that was going to be the how many punts could we get off uh, in a game and set the record for that. And the Hawkeyes showed that they are able to score some points, but again, it was against Rutgers, so there really wasn't too much to uh, take away from that game. Penn State is going to see Northwestern, of course, this Saturday. But Michigan, Maryland, Ohio State, not Wisconsin this year. No Iowa as the crossover game is Minnesota. And Minnesota did beat Michigan State very handedly. 34-7 to was the final, and that was at Michigan State. The Golden Gophers are my pick and always have been to win the Big Ten West and make it to their first ever Big Ten championship game. I don't think they win, whoever they face. If it's in a perfect world, Penn State, if it is Michigan, if it's Ohio State, Minnesota is not winning that game. But they are good. They are better than uh, years past. And they remind me very much of the same 2019 team that actually beat Penn State. Uh, But this time, Penn State gets to return the favor in the whiteout game. Something to keep an eye on. The Golden Gophers are better than advertised. Know what your team is up against? Across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. Locked On Big Ten. Tomorrow, we'll go through some of the quotes from James Franklin's weekly press conference. It is Locked On Nittany Lines here on the Locked On Podcast Network.